This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. There's that sexy voice letting us know that we got this working. <laughs> Welcome, gents. It'd be awesome if that that notification like had like truly had more of a sexy, hey there, big boy. <laughs> I'm recording this. <laughs> oh, okay. a little husky voice. Not so robotic. <laughs> it can still be a female voice and and but just do it real sexy and sultry. Like yeah. a lot of innuendo and <laughs> that'd be awesome. Anyway. Or if you can change it to do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe have an accent like a you know, Irish or Scottish or, you know, yeah. some European accent or something, or whatever, whatever your thing accent. is. Russian yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although then I'd be even more suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the podcasts, this is the one that they take over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, if we go down, you know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If suddenly this this podcast gets cut, <laughs> like it right in the middle. Although that'd be funny. Sometimes we, we shouldn't. We, we may need to have a podcast where we talk and just cut it off. <laughs> well, that that's been done before. Hit the wrong button. Uh, that's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's yeah. like. See you guys. Well, hell. Well, I, I, I had, let's see. I'm going to go and claim this is parenting skills. I'm just, just going to compl- uh, <laughs> say, say it is. But this past week, well, back up a little bit. The boy has um, two basically part-time jobs running right now. And he's banking quite well, especially for a kid that went from 14 and turned 15 yesterday. So he's doing quite well. But this past week, and I tried to talk him down off the ledge, but he wanted to spend 50 bucks on some video game. And not buying a new video game, this is like buying in-game currency for stupid stuff. But you gotta, he's like, well, I'm banking, I'm making money, I'm going to get it for my birthday, I haven't bought anything, you know, gave me the whole long list of reasons, because I I make him come up with reasons why. And finally, I'm like, this is really what you want to spend your money on. Tried to guilt him a little, (laughs) everything else. And he's like, nope, I do. And so we got that. So there's, to me, that's a little bit of a blunder. It's like, ah. But I He's don't know what happened. What's that? He's got adult money now. <laughs> yes, he does. And, and he he's... But I don't know what happened from the beginning of the week to the end of the week. And he works with this other kid that I think is like 16, 17. And somewhere along in the week, in the extra money he made, and he had a really good week working. Like he got his first 12-hour day of work in between Damn. the two. He comes home and he's like... I regret spending that 50 bucks. And in my head, I'm like, ching, that was a win. I don't care why, but I'm considering that a win. He's like, yeah, I really wished I hadn't. He's like, I'm going to start saving all my money up. And, you know, can we split the cost of a car or something? And 
I'm like, yep, when we get to that point, we'll work on it. But he's in saving mode now. And I'm like, perfect. I don't know what conversation he had with who, what, when, where, but that's to me is the triumph part of it. It's like, this is what I'm trying to get through your head now. You're older. You don't need all this video type stuff. Start things. But on the other hand, I keep telling them, you know, keep five, 10 bucks in your pocket. That way, if you do stop off at the convenience store or something and you want a soda or something or whatever, don't. Don't be such a miser. You don't spend a little bit of your hard-earned money, but at the same time, don't go spend 20 bucks here and 50 bucks there and everything. Only thing is, and I think I got hoodwinked on this one because when he started this summer, one of the things he wanted was a new hat and he was going to go buy it. But somehow I ended up buying him a hat for his birthday. So yeah. He's in saving mode, but he's okay spending my money. Somebody yeah. else's money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that exactly. sounds about right. That I, shit. I mean, if I could get like away that. with that, <laughs> yeah, if I could get away with that, I'd do that. So, <laughs> oh, you want to buy this for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. When when you first said he regretted, uh, and you know, I know he's getting to the age where a car be- is b- becoming more and more of a. Uh, a thing but it's in my in my head he's like i got hookers and blow dad <laughs> <laughs> i gotta pick up some hookers and blow <laughs> well you know i mean he's got his xbox and we pay for uh, whatever it is yeah thing. the xbox live yeah yeah but what's funny is there's another game he wanted and it's like 80 bucks and i'm like holy smack all the prices are going through the roof on these things but i was like I looked it up and it was on pre-order and I'm like, you know what? Just wait, come to find out he's happy. I talked him into waiting because now they're giving it to free to everybody that's on Xbox live. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like, okay, you're going to get to play the game you wanted to. And it's like, there you go. Go have some fun with it. You know, be a little more responsible with the pennies you're making. Pretty soon he's going to have more than me, which will be a good thing. But hell. Well, I would say my uh, Triumph and Blunder were kind of in one. (laughs) I was going to say my exhaust on my truck (laughs) fell. It it just kind of broke in half. Yeah, literally, literally rusted it in half. From the pictures you sent me, the, I, yeah. I, that's an apt description. <laughs> I, I've never seen that before. Does that happen quite often? Yeah, it does. Okay, so you know what that comes from? It's probably it, from the salt. Not well, water and salt and stuff. Yeah. But it's like if you drive your, if you don't drive your vehicle hard or it sits a while, all that water sits in there and just rots mm-hmm. an exhaust out. So it's more common. You know, people that drive fast and hard usually don't have exhaust problems. Hmm. Hmm. So this person so, that had to be for me then. <laughs> it's more, their fucking fault. Yeah. So they they didn't tear the truck up, but yeah. they didn't drive it hard enough to keep everything cleaned out. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, so that kind of sucked because <clears throat> either way, that's, that's money out of my pocket. But about... 
whenever they were giving out the stimulus checks, I kept thinking about getting exhaust for it. And I kept thinking about it. And there was one exactly one I wanted. I'm like, no, I'll just hold off. Cause I'm, I'm that kind of person that there's things I want, but I wait, wait until the point that I have to get it. <laughs> so this forced me to get exactly what I wanted. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to spend money on something I'm going to hate. Cause I actually hated the stock exhaust. So now it forced me to get exactly what I wanted. So it's kind of a triumph and a blunder all on its own. Nice. <laughs> a blunder part, game. you got to spend money. Triumph yeah. part, sounding cool afterwards. It, <laughs> it hurt to spend that money, but it feels good to have what you want, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Uh, yeah, so for me, it's not so much a blunder, but it's a major inconvenience I had. It feels like half a tree fall in my backyard, but it's just a couple huge branches, but it's big enough that like it literally takes up most of the yard. So, uh, and it's work that I totally didn't, didn't anticipate having to do or needing to do and on top of some other things. So uh, it's just a pain in the ass that I even have to deal with it. So that sucks. Um but uh, you get to play with uh, the new chainsaw some more, though, right? Well, I was gonna say it, that's kind of like CJ's. It's where it's a triumph and a blunder. <laughs> the triumph side is I do get to play around with my new chainsaw, so that's awesome. Um, and I, and even had a neighbor come down because uh, we had a storm pass through, which um, we were talking. Nate and I were talking before the podcast started. Uh, some of the most fantastic content that we forgot to record. So sadly it will not be on our Patreon. <laughs> uh, but uh, I had a neighbor uh, cause we had a storm blow through with uh, straight line winds clocked at 96 miles an hour oh, is the official report. And uh, so it. it's basically tornadoes, <laughs> tornado force winds um, without having a CJ tornado. Has ever driven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he goes that fast. <laughs> yeah, he's still sleeping. So, uh, but had a I neighbor. Took, I took my 2002 Ford Taurus 125 miles per hour. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was scary as, that was scary as hell. I would not recommend <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, because it was anybody. a Ford Taurus. They're, yeah. <laughs> even though it says they can go that fast, they're not meant to go that fast. No, not that one, especially. <laughs> Because I had a 2002 Ford Taurus. Yeah. That was exactly what I had. 2003, maybe. Something like that. But yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I got to play around. And it's cool that the neighbor, there's a neighbor up the street that offered. He came down. He's like, I saw the branches in your backyard. You need a chainsaw? I was like, no, I'm good. It's, and my dad's going to be coming over. So, But, it, you know, it's kind of cool from that perspective. Apparently he was telling me there was another neighbor who had a little hatchet who had a big branch fall on his house and was going at it with a little hatchet. Hey, at least he was going at it. You know, I'll give him trying, credit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him some credit. He probably wanted um, to do it. He's probably so pissed off. He's like, this is the only way I'm going to get out this anger right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fair point. Um, and as far as the triumph goes, uh, I had uh, a, f- a friend of mine who graduated a year behind me 
her and her family came up um, for their 30 year high school reunion. Somebody I haven't seen in a handful of years. So it was cool to connect with her. And, and I actually met up at their reunion event, which, because I knew some people who were there anyway. And so it was a triumph to see uh, this friend of mine. It was a really good uh, conversation. There's some things I, we've, we've kind of been like brother and sister in a lot of ways. Um, Cause we really didn't become friends until post high school, like years after high school. Um, and she said some things that explained why that it like, things I didn't realize at the time in her life, like we were roommates for a while. And for me, it was just, Oh, Hey, if you need a place to say my lease is almost up, how about we room together? Cause then we can all save money kind of thing. And it came at a good time for her. So, and it was more important to her than I realized in that moment. Cause there's a lot of folks that she felt like abandoned her. So it was, that was cool to hear. So that was definitely a triumph to, to not only reconnect with her, but then to hear that. So you've been out of high school longer than CJ has been alive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just, this is, a, this is a true statement. <laughs> and, but I will say I compared to now, granted, this isn't my graduating class these are the two years behind me because of covid they combined last year's and this year's into one um but holy land the i i'm 210 i'm five six i'm 210 and i look good there were people there that were like 250 300 that are taller than me 250 300 in the worst possible oh, sense of that i swear the average weight of that room <laughs> had to be 300 pounds both male and female both male and female. female there were chicks who were smoke shows in high school and in my head you know oh that's so and so and in There's my head smoke I, show. <laughs> yeah but then i see the actual person and go no way not not I almost don't recognize you. That's how bad there was. There's another chick who, uh, like in high school, her rack would show up 10 minutes before the rest of her body. Not so now, no, it's completely the opposite. <laughs> and I, ice cream starting to melt, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like holy, and dudes, there were dudes that were like bean poles that are like three times the the size they were like I just I'm I'm not surprised I mean we've talked about it a lot on this podcast I'm not at all surprised but it but at the same time I'm I'm always surprised I'm surprised you're like wow yeah but it was and had I got lots of compliments not only from my friend who uh I was a roommate roommates with but just some other people I knew from the time you know from back then had great things to say about the way I looked and, you know, my appearance was on point. I've been working out. So, you know, I'm not there a hundred percent. It helps. I, I did set a goal. I'm trying to, I was trying to cut. So that's another triumph. I did manage to drop just over an inch off my body fat measurement in the last nice. month. Nice. So that's awesome. Uh, so that helped. So all this helped 
so I show up and you know it's like I'm I'm in the top five easily the top five percent. You're the jock now. God damn! And I was a scrawny little runt. I was maybe a hundred pounds, soaking wet in high school. Oh, see, you've got your forearms are the size of your body. Yeah, (laughs) yes. Well, see, you doubled your weight just in a good way. Yeah, totally. And well, and that that was my joke. It's like to my friend, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, I'm twice the man I was. And she's like, yeah, I I don't remember you looking like this. In high school, it's like, yeah, I'm twice the man I was, but some of these people are three times the people they were, and not in the, and not, <laughs> not in a, a good, good way. way. <laughs> oh, geez, Mister, you got some big biceps now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, anyway, so that was a triumph in a number of ways. Just that that experience of being there, and like I said, it's it's not a surprise, but I'm always surprised. It's like, geez, Louise, guys, it doesn't take that much effort to be in reasonably okay shape nah, that would take some work a- apparently yeah a- apparently even that is too much work <laughs> much so anyway. out, of breath, out of breath just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> well like, now that you have that huge house that you have to traipse all over like you know it's a 50 mile hike from where you know where yeah. you're sitting for this podcast to go to the kitchen. So it took me 15 minutes after I took that shit to walk over. Here. <laughs> you're getting your steps in in a day now. You was wondering why I was taking so long to do this podcast. It wasn't the shit. I had to take it a fucking the... marathon over here. <laughs> it was the mile hike <laughs> uphill. <laughs> Both ways. <laughs> 30 below. In the middle of fucking because you have the air conditioner <laughs> set so low. <laughs> I I turned it up at one point. It was freezing in here. I don't know what it is about this house, but it stays cool. That's good. So, That's awesome. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I think it's because it actually has fans. Our other house uh, did not have a single fan. I realized that. And maybe insulation in the walls and ceiling. Nah, yeah. it's probably just a little bit of asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it works. <laughs> well, I'm guessing it's a newer house relative to your other one. Or at the very least, it probably has better windows. It just sealed. I would up say better. updated. I was going to yeah. say, I don't think it's newer, but I think it's actually was taken care of a lot better. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. <clears throat> there, I mean, there's still things wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. Any house you move into is going to have pieces wrong to it. You can live in a house for new. 20 years and still have things wrong with it. So well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brand new houses have more things wrong with it than old houses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those yeah. fucking construction guys, CJ. Sheesh. Don't look at me. You know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just I just work here. Yeah. Don't worry. I just work here. There's gonna be these <laughs> one people that wonder why the roof leaks after 10 years. <laughs> After one year, after one, it's, it's still it's not because my problem. The "Quote unquote" truck, <laughs> yeah, the, the tree, the guy that the shingles on the roof, <laughs> the tree did it. The tree did it. Damn straight it did. <laughs> and my dog ate my homework right after. <laughs> the homework you never even did. <laughs> No, I did I mean, it. But then I didn't do it. Yeah. I'll get it. 
Dog ate it. Holy yeah. uh, oh, There are a lot of, I will say for everybody listening out there, if you do have a newer house, you might want to see if you can figure out when they did the roof. Cause a lot of newer companies do it during the middle of winter and shingles are not rated for anything lower than 40 degrees. So they will not bind. So you will leak. Your roof will leak. Yep. I knew Ooh. that one. Safety tip. Yep. Yeah. See, I will this not is say the, the quality company. content we provide on the BR <laughs> not, podcast. Yeah, there's also companies that will do roofs while it's raining. You're also that's, that's yeah, that's no, stupid. No. That's a huge yeah. no no. That's how it rains in your fucking kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never understand why people decide to do this shit. It's like you're gonna make money, but you're also avoiding the warranty. So if the roof goes out, they have to replace it. But nobody realizes that. They always pay for it themselves. If you know that the company did it during like weather like that, they have to replace it. Yeah, how many people are kind of hands off on that, especially on a new new build versus right. it's one thing to get it replaced because that's it's expensive as fuck. Yeah, it's ten grand but at least. You don't have any control when it's new construction mm. and they're on a timetable. Well. Oh, or you yeah. may not, maybe more you're not than you aware of, well, as the owner, right? You're not on site every day. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you, I think it's one of those, if, if it's new construction and you bought it after the house was done or you bought the lot and you're having the house done, that's when you have control because mm-hmm. you'll have an idea. You go out there and be like, oh, I didn't have a roof. And then three days later it was raining or whatever. And the following week you're out there and you're like, well, it was raining all week. When did you put this roof on? You know, you have a yeah. timetable to work off where a lot of people get screwed is that they're throwing these houses together and then, you know, then selling them. You know, they don't, they're buying them after the fact. Now, oh, those yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're getting screwed hard. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was talking about. It's oh. like you can be oblivious to really what's going on. Going on. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite, and this was a new construction years ago, a guy moved in and he was trying to figure out everything looked off, but he couldn't figure out why everything looked off. Well, for some reason, and he doesn't know when they measured all, all the plugins and he had quite a few, he asked for extra ones at the bottom. They were all off by like five degrees to the floor. Every last one of them. He he was like, he couldn't figure out if the floor wasn't level, the wall wasn't level, but they were all cocked just a little bit. And you would think, that. I, I don't know, but he showed them to me and it's like, yeah, you put a level on and he was a little bit a math nerd. And so he figured it out that it was, they were like, it was something small, like three to five degrees and whatever, but it's like, okay, are all the two by fours off by a six? That's what I was going to say. Cause you just nail them to the two by four. It's exactly. not like you really see if they're level. That means that every single two by four is at a fucking five degree angle. <laughs> off on the, uh, in, in like a couple of rooms. It's like, did the wind blow? And then they just tacked up stuff or something, you know, when they were framing it. And he's like, it's the weirdest thing. It's, but you'd measure the corners and they seemed square. So, you know what I would have done? <laughs> what would you have done? You know you can move the covers, right? Exactly. <laughs> <You> just <laughs> that would have been like 
five degrees my ass <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna lie my my first thought was the studs were all off <laughs> off but yeah. I, you could just imagine this whole slanted network of well I'm, i guess well, don't they know like, that triangles are like the strongest <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just did all triangles and they're out the whole house. They're trying something new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> new framing techniques. New, new framing new construction. New, new framing. <laughs> Instead of having three on 16 on center, they got two. <laughs> <laughs> it's at an angle. Saving uh, on materials. It's like a bridge, right? <laughs> oh, could you imagine running a stud finder over that to hang pictures? Oh shit! You gotta, you It'd gotta be like, what? Well, uh, huh? What? what? <laughs> We've got, got a. It was right. Inch. I can see myself inches on center. Wait, wall. what? I would be screaming at the like, wall. Like, especially if you found the, if you lucked out wherever and you got the top two bolts for something like a TV stand or something, but yeah. then you go to <laughs> the, the bottom two. two and there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. What kind of boat is this fucking two by four? It's at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. We better get to some questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably questions should. Questions that have been floating around in Jimmy's head. Yeah. So uh, uh, why isn't there another evil Knievel? I was listening to uh, uh, comedians in cars grabbing coffee between Jerry Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy, and evil Knievel came up. And I know there's the X Games or the Nitro Games, or like all that stuff. Nitro Circus, sir. Sorry. No, <laughs> Sorry. there's Nitro I Games, stand corrected. too. There's both. Yeah, well, they do it at the Nitro Circus. They do the Nitro Games. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's all of that stuff's taking the place. But, you well, know. Well, and we talked a little bit beforehand. I'm Again, saying... in, that, in the brilliant green room. Yes. Of... <laughs> The part that wasn't nobody cares recorded. About. Exactly. I wasn't there. Patreon you weren't there. <laughs> if I wasn't but, there, it didn't happen. I would say Travis Pastrana is this generation's this this age's evil Knievel for some of the crazy stunts and stuff, and the way he's pushed the sport and everything else, and even recreating some of the stuff that evil Knievel did. I, was I say he recreated like quite a few of his jumps, didn't he? Yeah. I believe I he he did the buses in Vegas. I remember that one. I want to say, and I'd have to go back through the videos, that I want to say he jumped a canyon that was yeah. like... He did. I wish I had New Year's, yeah. He, okay. did that, he did that in a rally car, I'm pretty sure. All right. So he's the one that I think he's even said, you know, he was a bit of an inspiration. So if he wasn't an inspiration when he was younger, I think Evil Knievel definitely is an inspiration for some of the crazy now. And I think he's just, that is our guy, you know, through social media and everything else. It's just unlike evil Knievel, Travis went around and found all the other crazy guys out there too, that do all the other crazy stunts. And we got all these, but at the top of the list, 
even in all the insanity, Travis, like, you know, everybody else takes it to 10 and then Travis goes and does 11. Mm-hmm. You know, they all push themselves. I won't take anything away from any of them guys, but it's like, well, 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 if we're doing this or even him, I've watched a bunch of the Nitro Circus videos and it's like, you know, you did this and that was really cool. And I know it was the first time that anyone's ever done this, but could you add this like part to it? And they're like, what? Like it wasn't like, that was really cool. But if you added this to it, this would be cooler. You know, he's the guy nudging them along to be like, okay, how far can we push this envelope? How far can we do this? So even if Travis can't do it, he's the inspiration of other guys to go. And there's a bunch of them that I think help push the younger guys now, but I think Travis is one of the driving forces and he's our evil Knievel. Now, as I stated earlier, evil Knievel sounds cooler than Travis Pastrana, but at the same time, yeah. Well, and cool. you know, Evil Knievel is such a brand, and and there were toys, right? There's a mm-hmm. like an action oh. figure with a motorcycle that you could jump things, and like you know, like a what wasn't I don't know if it was a wind up toy or a ripcord, one of those ripcord ones yep. where you could pull it, and it would you know go in a straight because of the gyros in the wheels, it would go in a straight line, and you could jump stuff, and and so in and. And I mentioned this earlier too. Okay, Jimmy, real quick. To be fair, yeah. Travis has an action figure with him on his motorcycle. Okay, you could get one for him and relive. Yeah, you my glory days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think part of it too, and I mentioned this earlier, is that uh, we were, you know, when Evil Knievel was around, I was a little kid. And so, you know, I'd have my bike and we'd jump off curbs or we'd make our own makeshift ramps and jump over stuff. So maybe Did that you was have part a cape. No, I had I a never... cape. You never had a cape? Oh, well, I, had a cape. I probably did. I, you know, I, at my age, my memory is going. So <laughs> I'm going to use that as my Alzheimer's kicking in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it is interesting because uh, it's like, you know, I think because we were young, I was younger and I re I remember us in the neighborhood jumping, trying to jump our bikes over stuff like evil Knievel was that much was, was just bigger, like, you know, much larger and than life kind of thing, even though just because I was a kid versus me today, like I can look at that stuff, whether it's the nitro nitro circus or the X games, whatever, and go, Holy crap. But you know, it's in context of a whole bunch of other things. Whereas evil Knievel did stuff and it was, you know, it was on the network TV, him jumping over, you know, fountains in Vegas or whatever the thing was. And so I think maybe the myth and the legend of evil Knievel even now is probably far bigger than what he really did. Man, I don't know. I hard pressed. I almost think it is. I think the legend met the man. I was gonna say in the machine that he used that I think that was kind of made him different. He used an actual motorcycle. Well, Travis Pastrana uses a dirt bike. Well, that's actually got a little bit more cushion than that fucking motorcycle had. I'm guessing. Yeah. And didn't uh, Evil like Knievel's son do it? Yeah, it was a Harley. Didn't <laughs> Evil Knievel's son do it as well? 
Yeah, but I don't think he did anything as big and spectacular. He, he tried to ride the coattails, but it didn't work out as well because he didn't have the personality to go with it. And and maybe that's, that's maybe that's that that's it, Nathan. It's just evil Knievel as a person is like Elvis or Muhammad Ali or you know. There's just yeah. this persona and attitude and charisma. Not just the fu attitude that I'm going to do whatever, but everything that the package that is evil Knievel and even all his, you know, alcohol, drug, like all that sort of stuff, like just all of that is such a huge part of evil Knievel, too. It's not just this crazy, bad shit, crazy stuff that he did. It's, yeah. Because I, uh... If I remember correctly, he didn't make a bunch of money off of it, you know. So it's it's just it it's one of those the the whole attitude, the whole le- he he built himself into a legend. It's like I almost don't want to know about all the personal stuff going on because it's like I'd rather have the that legend of Evil Knievel and leave it at that. I'm like that's cool. Once you get to know the real person, all the. The, like the fame and the glory kind of goes away. It's like this, he was a regular person with regular problems. Right. <clears throat> Maybe yeah, even big problems. <laughs> I was going to say, it's one of those things you never want to meet your heroes kind of deal. Then you realize like they're kind of fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say growing up, uh, my evil Knievel, I think it was Matt Hoffman. Oh. That dude was fucking insane. Him and Dave Mira. Yep. Those are two big ones i I like travis pastrana but i was huge in the bmx and both those guys were just fucking insane that and tony hawk back when he did the 900 there you go well and the reason i say travis is because he did most of his stuff on a motorcycle Mm. but yeah you're dead on with all these other guys and and i think they paved the way for all the young of the young guys just to do amazing things I still, I, I, I'm like the little kid when I watch Nitro Circus. Oh, yeah. It's like, holy crap, they just did that. Or they just jumped. It's like, I can't even imagine doing a triple flip twist thing, letting go of handlebars and all the other crazy stuff they do at however many feet in the air. And you're like, okay, they're nuts. And, and, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I was trying to think of, there's this... There's a guy that does the Nitro Circus. I can't remember what his name Slick is. Willie. Is that him, the one that does a scooter? Yep, that's Will. Will uh, I'm thinking of a scooter. The Aussie. Yep, the Aussie. It's big down there, but uh, Willie something. Yeah. He's, He's, that guy is insane. He's not as big his name as everybody else, but he makes them all look like children now. Like I know Travis Travis broke every bone in his body twice over like evil can evil. <laughs> but this guy, like what he does doesn't even make sense. It was funny because what was it like six months in the right of BMX and he did a trick that nobody's ever done before. Well, that's and yeah, because he started off as a scooter guy. Yeah. And then switched and then he started beating everybody. Um it's like Ryan Willie or something like that. Ryan Ryan Williams, there you go. There you go. Yep. And he yeah, has dude. his own channel too. But yeah, he's he he's one of them that's top at the game. I, I mean there's just there's you know, like if all he kinds was around if he was around in like the early two thousands, we probably wouldn't know about Dave Mirror or Matt Hoffman, honestly. 
Because this guy would have been way above the rest. I don't, but I don't think without a Dave Mira and Matt Hoffman, you would have had a Ryan Williams. I I, I think that that early mentality, they were early driver. You always have those guys that start something. Where I feel like Ryan Williams looked at what those guys did, and he was like, "I can go with the next step." You know, there's there's steps. So it's just, but. Would we have say. X Games? Let's back up. Would there ever be X Games or Nitro Circus if there was never an Evil Knievel? Probably not. You know, so you got to have those guys before. So somebody's got to pave the way. Yeah. So I would have put I would put Ryan if he was at the early time with Matt and them. He would have been, been right this, there with them. Yeah. He would have been right there with them. But would he have gotten to where he is now? Probably not because he would have aged out to a certain degree where I'm glad we have him now instead mm-hmm. of then, because he's like the next generation. And some of these young kids that they're bringing into nitro are starting the top, the guys that are, you know, it's like, Oh, this trick was unbelievable six months ago. And now everybody's doing it. Yeah. You know, those kids are going to be even more awesome five to 10 years from now. So yeah, it's just like you watch that stuff. It doesn't even seem real. Literally. <laughs> I remember like, watching a kid, the kid and just watching him do backflips. Just seeing that in person, you're just like, I don't even under, it doesn't make sense. And now you see him doing triple backflips with a, <laughs> a tail whip in between. You're like, that doesn't even <laughs> what <It> defies <laughs> physics. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you go back and be like, wow, if Evil Knievel was alive now, would he look at these guys? You know, just the older Evil Knievel. Be like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> and then, he, then go out and try to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. to. Well, and you, I mean, just based on how Evil Knievel admitted he approached things, like there, he he'd definitely be a... Oh, let's try this. Oh. <laughs> you know, ends in a ball of flame. It's like, oh, that'd be so cool though if I could nail it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you could totally see some spectacular things, but you know, that yeah, there may be a lot of broken bones to get there, but I don't know. Just an interesting interesting thought that you know, it's a man that was definitely the a myth and and a legend, uh, and lived whatever you think of him or how he lived his like he lived his life like there was zero fucks given to be sure. Uh, so, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, that'll be the one thing that Evil Knievel will have over all these guys is he had the legend status. Like, there was nobody else doing it like him. I mean, Travis Pastrana has paved the way for a lot of people, but there was also a lot of other people doing it. Evil Knievel was the one and only. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, once in a couple generations type of of guy. Jesus. Oh, so little tidbit. Travis Pastrana has broke 60 bones and has survived 25 concussions. Gosh. 
how does this guy remember who he is yeah it's like um how is the dude even three by five cards three by five cards that would be my answer three by five cards wake up one morning who am i but i you know i could see him with his kids going let's put let's put name name stickers on today so we know who's who like 51st dates yeah yeah that that's crazy jesus all right here it says that evil knievel has suffered 433 bone fractures by the end of 1975 and think about science him recovering from all of those compared to what modern science can get you to recover from today that that in itself puts a guy into legendary i mean 433 i've had one two and that was enough <laughs> yeah that's the one thing i've yet to do is break a bone because you're a pussy yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing more fun than breaking a bone jimmy i've broken a couple toes and that's it and they were the I've little stitches. I haven't had those. You ever had stitches? Because you're a pussy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more scared to get stitches than I am to have a cast on. The, ne- <laughs> the next time, Jimmy, we'll, we'll have to take a staple gun. And when <laughs> CJ passes out, we'll just do a line of staples on his leg or something. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> it will be for us good times good times guys <laughs> it'd be like why <laughs> well you said you were scared, <laughs> Are you scared now? <laughs> you said go ahead last night there's you zero took that as a yes <laughs> if i was sleeping i'd probably tell you the fuck off <laughs> yeah that's no joke yeah shit you'd probably stay sleeping I'm sure I would. <laughs> well, we have to see how many staples it takes to wake him up. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. You All guys right. are never uh, staying at my house. Want to go camping? Remember that one time you were invited? Yeah, <laughs> never again. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next one. So if someone asked you to recommend one movie, album, book, piece of artwork, or recipe that most people haven't heard, seen, read, or experienced, what would it be? I just got, you can only have one. Well, I mean, I think the point is, right, what's something, what's anything you would recommend that is most likely folks really haven't heard, heard, seen, okay, did. On the, on the non-educated side, hence, if you've been to college, you may have heard of it, but I don't know if they push it anymore. But I think everyone should read the Canterbury Tales. Mm, I read I, that in high school. In high school? I see. I didn't know if it was still being I don't know if it's there. still a thing because that was 31 years ago. Go Right. But I think the Canterbury Tales and read it in the old English and stuff, that would be that would be one that I don't think 
I don't know. I don't think a lot of younger people have heard of or if they even push it in school anymore. So, oh, put it this way. CJ, do you know what the Canterbury Tales is? Not a fucking chance. Hey, I'm well, literally well, looking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but that, that kind of proves the point. That was something yeah. that was, hey, was you had thing. to read this, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I think it was 33, 30. I can't remember if it was so. No, it was junior year, so 32 years ago. Cool. How much it of would a pain in the ass is it to read? Because it was written in 1392. It's, it's not as bad as you think, actually. Yeah. I was going to say, if you get those really old books, you're looking at like, um, yeah, this does not translate in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, a, it's, it's a pretty straightforward read. I mean, yeah. old English aside, it's, I, I or high have newer translations of it, but I think it loses something. I like yeah. the old English version. I know it was in some others, but Canterbury Tales. Now, if it's just like a book, like a lot of guys are looking for help, you know, you know, we're always trying to help. And that would be Iron John. I think a lot of people, it's getting more popular and it may be just because of the circles we're in. More guys have heard mm-hmm. of it, but the average person I'm going to say has not heard of Iron John. And that would be my, if you want a bit of a, I wouldn't put it in the self-help category, but if guys are trying to figure out why they do some of the stuff they do, that would be the book to read. So if you want to answer some questions about yourself, guys should read Iron John. But I think everybody should give the Canterbury Tales a read. And now that I think of it, there was an assignment. It's like you could, it wasn't a test. It's like you could, I don't know if it was write a paper or do something somewhat simple or write your own Canterbury tale. Tale. And I chose, I was one of the few in the class that chose to write my own Canterbury tale. Tale. God. Taking you back, aren't I? Yeah. Jesus. <clears throat> Well, high school's on the brain because of that other classes reunion I went to. So we were talking about teachers and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's a good, good take. I was thinking of uh, like there's uh, a symphony like Shostakovich. I can't think of his first name, but Shostakovich Symphony Number no. Ten. He was a Russian composer, but unlike a number of Russians who fled the Soviet Union under communism, he stayed and tried to make, uh, he didn't agree with communist rule and all that stuff, but he stayed behind or stayed within Russia to try and try and work within the system to kind of not overtly subvert it, but uh, because what he would do is like a lot of the pieces that he wrote would have things in it that were acceptable to the party, but there's the way he wrote some things was purposely like he'd throw in things that purposely sort of cut against what, what the communist leaders want or would expect. And so he, anyway, if you've seen the movie seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, it's that symphony could almost score that 
Really? It's like there's parts of it that's dark and or it could be a film score is my point. Seven comes to mind because okay. it's moody and it's dark, but it's it's, it's a really uh, fucked up movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the symphony starts off like really eerie and dark and you know, all that stuff. So that's something I would certainly recommend. And you know, I doubt many people have heard of Shostakovich. If at all, it's not that I can't that even popular. pronounce of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'll send you a link. I was gonna say you're gonna have to throw a link in there. Yeah, and then we can add a link in the description to these things. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of books or TV shows or movies, but nothing really came to mind. So I kind of went to music. Um, there's this artist called Benjamin Todd. And he's got an album called Use I'm Using Again. Let me make sure. I Will Rise. And Benjamin Todd for the longest time was homeless, like train hopping, and he was a huge heroin addict. And he recovered and through music, he kind of brought his life back together. And every song is sad as fuck. I will (laughs) put that out there right now. So if you're depressed, I would not listen to this shit, but it's some of the greatest music I've ever heard in my whole life. It's, it's that stuff with a real raw emotion and you just know that it's authentic. Dude's a great, great songwriter. Everything he puts out there, you can, it like tugs on your heartstrings. It doesn't matter. Even if you're having a great day, you'll fucking feel it. (laughs) (laughs) It, just get everybody uh, sad good going sir. yeah <laughs> well it's, it's funny because i was i was look i was kind of like digging into it and he's actually got a a band with his wife now and they were interviewing his wife they're like how does it feel to read his music for the first time she's like i fucking cry every time <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> every time <laughs> yeah i could definitely see that because if you if you guys listen to any of the album yeah between that and then there's a band called Polythia. Listen to any of their songs. It's a it's a different kind of a, they don't have a, like a lead singer or anything. It's just um, guitars, bass, and drums. And these guys are absolutely insane. Uh, What's the name again? Polythia. P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-A. And I like a 40-ounce to... I think it's called 40 ounce and then goat. Both of those are just absolutely insane. Like the guitar parts, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like <laughs> jazz. It's like jazz times 10. Mm, That's okay. how I've heard it explained. <clears throat> I watched the playthrough for the drums that nothing went in like, you know, any sort have, of you actual a, time. Yeah. The yeah. pattern, there is none. It literally <laughs> nothing lines up. I was watching him. I don't know how to play drums, but I know there's usually a pattern. This guy did not do the same rhythm ever in a four minute song. How the fuck do you remember that shit? That was the only thing I could think of. Like, how do you remember that? It's literally different patterns every single time. In all honesty, it's probably the same one, but they mix it up across different things. So it sounds completely. And I only, this is only a guess. I'll have to listen to it for sure. It's only I'll a guess, the, but I'll send you the drum playthrough. Okay. Uh, Cause I was listening to a video 
or I was watching a video of a guy, uh, is it uh, Dave, Dave Garibaldi? He's plays, he's a drummer for a group called Tower of Power and they play funk, um, funky, groovy R&B stuff. And um, he said early on in his career, he was with some other drummer and learned this particular groove and played it. And it's like, okay, it makes sense. But then he's like, then I started playing around with it. So I'd throw accents in different places or I'd where there were certain accents, I'd throw them on different things. Like instead of just a snare being like and the kick drum being downbeat, I'd put those things on cymbals or the hi-hat or, and so it's like the same thing, but it sounds completely different when you change up what you're playing on and when you're playing it. That's a guess. I'll have to listen to it and see. I threw it in the chat. Yeah. I was going to say as a guy, it's not very educated. I was just looking at like, what in the hell yeah, is yeah, going yeah. on? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm shit. It takes autonomy, like, you know, to have all four limbs to be able to play different stuff. I mean, that's that to me, I, I know what's going on, but to me, that's like voodoo magic. It's like, I don't, I don't know how <laughs> you have four different beats at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you, what the hell are you doing? Or, you know, even some of the guys like, metallica but then even others like speed metal groups it's like i don't know from guitar to to drum i don't know how you guys do it like i know how you guys are doing it but geez louise how are you guys doing that That's, you know the nope. theory behind it yeah but you don't know how it's they're like, physically pulling it yeah off. it's like your your fingers can't play it <laughs> how <laughs> you can't move that fast like what what are you doing so. watching joey jorderson yeah. play the drums like it's just fast as fuck like how do you remember like yeah, how do your hands have that muscle memory like it's, it's the the hours that went into that had to be massive i, I just could imagine the, the level of effort to, to do any of that hours yeah probably 40 per, hours a day per 30 30 seconds of playing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One other thing that came up while you were talking, CJ, was a movie, and I, I may have mentioned it before, but it's it's I don't know that it was widely seen. It's called Margin Call, and it's actually it came out long before The Big Short, but it was about the mortgage. The two, it came out I don't know two after the mortgage, the whole housing bubble burst, and it didn't hint specifically at any. You know, the big short is more of a deeper dive into what like the inside baseball that that really went on. But margin call is is focused on one firm and their decisions to in the aftermath, like they see it coming. And how do they say, you know, make this based on this information that they figure out, oh, oh, geez, the model that are mortgage business has been built on is broken so how do we fix it I think it's like I kevin spacey that. is in it paul bettany zachary quinto demi moore like they there's should, a slew of they were one of the first in. ones to start the bailout before it really hit hard and they knew they were going to screw a lot of people over in the process because they were selling what they decided to do is sell those mortgage those that bad mortgage-backed securities they they sold all of it 
or the idea in the movie is they decide to sell everything and get completely out of it. Kind of like a Bobby Axelrod move. Let's sell everything before anyone else knows what's happening. So we'll make money and we'll be out of it. So we won't be hurt by what's going on. And that's kind of how they did it. But it's, it's, it's not average people, but it's kind of average people, you know, just people making decisions on how to run their business and what to do. And it's really interesting and it's a good tight drama about all of that. Um, and all these characters, um, and, and, um, personalities. Um, and so it's, it's really good, but I don't know that it was how popular it really was. There's lots of people I know that haven't seen it. That's sort of my wheelhouse. So I'll, I'll, I'll watch that shit all day long even if it's terrible but uh this one's really i think really good and really well done in that regard yep, i'd agree because there was a lot of like they talked about a whole bunch of career ending moves these yeah. people were screwing over you know and they were relying on all these friendships that and connections they had built but when it all pales out it's like well we're gonna pay you guys off so you're basically set for life yeah and from screwing everyone else over in the system. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, a that's a hard decision to make. You know, it's like, okay, everything that you've built for the last 5, 10, 20 years, we're going to destroy in the next 12 hours. Yep. You know, and, who's going to uh, want to work it, with you after that? Yeah, yeah. And they make that point in the in, in one of the key scenes in the movie where they're talking to the CEO of the firm who's played, uh, I can't think of his name, but he's played by Je uh, Jeremy Irons, Jeffrey Irons. Um, he was in, uh, what was the third Die Hard movie with Samuel L. Jackson? Okay. He was he was the bad guy in that. And he's been in a number of other things. A great actor. Anyway, um, but he makes a point. It's like, look, we uh, we're doing this, even though we're, going to torch our reputation and all that we're doing that so we can survive to live another day that's all we need to do we'll worry about what we do on the other side of this on the other side of this we just need to survive this thing so that we can fight another day and you know it takes balls to be willing to do that and to shell out all the the money and do all the things that he did he's like yep whatever we need to do let's do it so we're out because we just need to be we don't need to be we just need to be faster than the next slowest guy <laughs> yep so um so yeah it's that's really good highly recommend it again i'll i'll send you some links and then we can try and include some of this stuff in the description we won't put it on patreon we'll be nice this time <laughs> not have it behind the paywall all the good media is here right now yeah <laughs> um all right, next question. Uh, why do we say sorry to someone instead of saying we feel bad for something that happened to them? And this this occurred to me actually last night. I was in my backyard starting to trim up one of the limbs and my neighbor, sweet old lady, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you have to do that. It's like, and I knew what she meant. It's like, I feel bad that that you had limbs fall that now you have to, you know, it's extra work that you have to do. But why don't in, in the world today, why don't we just say that instead of saying, sorry, cause it's not her fault that those limbs fell in my, well, 
yard. I've been thinking about this because this was part of the pre-show that we forgot to record. (laughs) It sounds like an Ethan topic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we tried not to. You know, this is one of those few times that I would say she used it correctly. Because sorry stands for sorrowful. So she was sad. So I've been thinking on this one a little bit. And if I was going to say if if it was a correct time to use it, I would. But I'm still going to go back to the social programming of she says sorry way too much to begin with. Mm. You know, thinking of it as an, an apology or I'm sorry that your car broke down. Well, most people, t- it's like tone of voice. It's like apology. So she said it in an apologetic voice, you know, with intention. Then I'm like, she used it incorrectly. But if you were just going to take it at face value, she said that your tree fell down. All right. So she used it. It's one of the few times that I'm going to go, all right, maybe she did use it correctly. (laughs) But it's like, how often else does she say sorry for stupid stuff? Or you bumped you know it's i had the one where this what i do i like bumped into someone else or whatever and then they apologized for it well they didn't apologize they're like i'm sorry well well why are you sorry you didn't yeah it's yeah you shouldn't have to i should if i ran into you yeah it's like i'm the one apologize oh i'm sorry i didn't see you there or i couldn't stop in time. I or didn't whatever. say excuse me or something or whatever. Yeah, 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 and yeah. they're like, well, I'm sorry. Well, that's where you're fucking walking here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think, it, well, and I've stated before, and we'll state again, I'm sure. I think it just comes down to social programming. It's easy. It's it's a filler word. You know, Canadians get a pass. No, <laughs> no, no one gets a pass sorry, on sorry. it. I, I just sorry. go, they have more social programming than we do here. Oh, sorry about yeah. that, eh? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's become a filler word. It's just too easy. It's easy. Oh, I'll just say this. But, and, and yeah, I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. But, it, you know, and, and I, I know I catch myself saying sorry way more than I need to. And I do, I, I'm more conscious of it now, or I have been over the last little while. So I, I have been actively working on saying it less and less and less. But I'm even, guessing you say it more unconsciously, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like but you just kind of say they like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are times where, you know, if you think about it, like most of the time you say sorry, it, it it's not no applicable. Meaning. No. It's not. You know what you're you not mean, re- or you're not really sorry like it's it's not an apologetic sort of thing or should you apologize like you don't need to apologize for well, the thing or if you do need to apologize say i apologize yeah or my and then bad. it gives it some strength and meaning <laughs> might be why even say bad just say might be yeah <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what the kids That's say the these dumbest days? shit i ever heard in my life <laughs> My B. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck says that? <laughs> Is, well, isn't that what the kids say today? I don't know. I'm no daily at 30, son. I don't know. I'm an old. Yeah, I'm an old. So um, I've been told that I'm getting old. So <laughs> <laughs> words do not apply get, to me. You're getting there. 
You're not quite there yet. You got you got a few more years, but you're getting. Yeah, you're not. You're I got less not than a month to hit the three, uh, three. Oh, so I would give you five more years. You're still. You're at the thirty-five. Yeah, you're at the last part of being a youngin. So you got a lot of growth ahead of you in the next five years. Hopefully not. Out. <laughs> Unless it's in the pectoral and back region. I just want to get wider. <laughs> wider? You want to get yeah. wider? I've been Is trying to possible? get as po- Dan, shots fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got something to say, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, in all honesty, there's no way you can be whiter than the sweet old lady who's my neighbor because she just stays in her house all the time and i swear she's getting to the point where she's becoming translucent (laughs) she's allergic to the sun by now yeah yeah totally (laughs) and not because she's a vampire she just hasn't been out in it for so long Long. it's like oh my gosh because when i saw her it's like holy cow are you are you part of me in my head i was like are you okay (laughs) are you a ghost yeah but she hasn't Ever since her husband passed away, and she wasn't out a lot even when her husband was here. But after he, he passed away, I swear, I she goes to the store and comes back, but that's it. It's like, um, and her kids still live at home, which is a whole other issue. But that's a podcast in and of itself. So, but I think you know one thing about saying sorry too, and and as an offshoot of the discussion, uh, because we're, um. Uh, relatively close to the 4th of July, I was, I happened to be looking for something on the declaration of independence and came across some videos on YouTube of the mini series, uh, John Adams, which I don't know if you guys have seen that or anyone listening has seen it, but I highly recommend it. It's based off of, uh, a biography by David McCullough and it's really, it's such a good series about the founding of the country. John Adams is the main character. um, And, or or it's, it's the, the, the story is primarily told through the eyes of John Adams um, who, you know, everybody knows Jefferson and Washington and all these guys, but Thomas Jefferson was probably the OG Sigma. (laughs) Like he gave no shits about anything, but, in listening to that, even reading the Declaration of Independence, there's a a level of communication that that has definitely been lost in an era of emojis and text messages where you don't even say "be right back." Where even I'm lazy enough to type "brb." <laughs> um, and so, is there a language? Because you know, words do have meaning, and and a properly uh you know used set of words right like the gettysburg address or you know any fine motivational speech or whatever right you can string together something and yet today we say sorry or we you know we we throw around words we overuse words uh, obviously in the political sphere, you know, racist and hit literally Hitler and all these things kind of get overused to the point where they don't mean anything anymore. anymore. And so that's where I think some of where the question about saying sorry and using 
using, you know, like, like she's like either she could have said, I feel bad that you're, or I feel sad even or you have that to do sucks. This your tree fell down. I feel bad yeah. for you. Yeah. Or, or I apologize for doing this thing to you, running into you or whatever, instead of saying sorry. And so I think there's some of that too, do you, you know, and I wonder what you guys think. It's like, not that we have to go back to an error using this high English where, you know, we're using $10 words when a nickel's worth will do. Well, what did I write the other day? Um I was okay. I wanted to, I typed out wind, like you wind something up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, that's wind. <laughs> and, 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 and when I'm phrasing my word, the, like phrasing the sentence, wind yep. almost worked in the sentence, but I'm trying to reference wind. So I actually Googled it to see if I had ty- uh, spelled it incorrectly. No, no. They're both exactly spelled the same. same. There's two different me. One's wind, like the wind blowing outside, and wind is you wind something up. So it comes to the connotation of the sentence, and it's like, okay, now I have to change the words around wind to make sure that that's, you know, what I'm not trying to say wind because you're gonna read it and go, what the fuck, did he mean wind, or because <laughs> you know you could have read it either way. Well. That's where I think words matter. You know, it's like, okay, what's the whole, instead of just cutting out a slice of a sentence and then trying to, you know, change what the meaning of that whole sentence was, it's like, oh, you know, back in the day of, well, Trump said this. Yeah, but what was the whole conversation? Well, this, pick a politician. They said this. Okay, what's all the surrounding conversation with it to the true meaning of how they used such and such a word you may have type out joe biden's speeches <laughs> <laughs> you know well and it's it's and, even, and i think that's what it gets lost and it's like okay even if you say sorry it's like what's the connotation there are are you sad are you being apologetic you know what what's your tone if you're saying it because it's an apology and not really meaning it then yeah that's a trash way of doing it you know she probably bordered on using the word correctly but she probably uses sorry way too much in her everyday vocabulary and it's just easy you know you know people say something and it's like i'm sorry well, why are you sorry? Why are you even sad? Why why do you even care that you had no effect on X? Uh, yeah. You I know, kind of that stuff with my girlfriend. She'll say, I'm sorry. I'm like, are you really sorry? <laughs> well, not really. And just, it's easy to say. No yep. shit. If you're and sorry, think, don't do it. <laughs> well, we have a mutual friend who's like, you know, who would say, like, he, I mean, Did he you? says sorry all the time too. But if he catches you saying sorry, he's like, why? Did you run over my dog? Yeah. No. Then what you got to be sorry for? Right. Like we're good. And it it shows where society is for being apologetic for like everything. You know, everyone thinks you should apologize for everything. It's like, no, no, sometimes stuff just happens. Well, within that apologies kind of lose their whole meaning. If you're apologizing all the time, it's nothing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. If there's actually like a point that you, you know, actually did something wrong. And then there's a sincere apology. It's not like, Oh, sorry. It's like, Hey, 
I apologize for what I did. That has meaning. And and see, and that that incorporates back to watered-down words that Jimmy was hinting at. It's like, if you use that phrase of a sentence, it's like, oh, okay, they truly mean it. Where sorry is more like, well, you got stuck and you had told you had to apologize. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're just mouthing words and moving on. And you can say that with a whole bunch of other words out there that – They've been just watered down to the point that they have no meaning anymore. Or it's like, well, how are you? Or it's, there's no connotation like wind or wind. You know, it's like you type, I send wine to you and you're like, what are you talking about? With no yeah. words around it. Yeah, you know, matter. You, yeah. You don't know what, what you're trying to even say. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm sorry. You know, so you sorry. type something and they text back, sorry. You're like, for what? So, and, and even letter writing, I mean, just communication, generally speaking. And, and part of it, part of uh, with John Adams specifically, you know, there's letter like for the early, like the first 14 or so years of their marriage, he was rarely at home see in philadelphia trying to hammer out these the the constitution or the you know what to do with the other colonies is a representation representative of the state of massachusetts or the colony of massachusetts at the time um and then he went abroad you know and he was you know so there's rare time but they have letters that they wrote back and forth to each other and the communication uh that's where a lot of I think the book came from and um, I think that's uh, you know, and the declaration itself is definitely high language and it needs to be because of what its purpose, but something that's been in my brain, I think, you know, just whether it's letter writing or just communication more broadly, it's in a day and an age, like you were saying, it's become so watered down. Things have become distilled down to shit that doesn't, truly matter well in the in the distortion of words you know like throwing words out there to to say well this is what i mean by them well you just decided to write a book put some words in it and then you have to read your definitions of what those words mean to understand what you're talking about it's like no it it shouldn't work that way Uh, unless it's like you're playing D and D or something and you're playing in a fantasy world and changing everything anyway. But even then it's like, well, okay, here's the standardization. It's like, that's where I think the English language screws. And I won't say English. I'll say that's where the American language screws things up. We, we have one word that can mean three things. And on the opposite token, we can have six words that say the same thing. Well, and that's not even to say anything about spelling and, because you have laughter, right? Right. Which sounds like there's an F in there somewhere, even though it's not. Daughter's spelt almost the same way, but there's it. It's not pronounced daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the world we live in. I get it, but yeah. Anyway, we could talk about this forever, but it, I, it, it is just interesting. You know, I, I'm trying. You know, in a world or in a world that would rat like, well, maybe the world doesn't want us to be authentic, but you know, we're trying to be more authentic, true to who we are and 
screw society and culture kind of thing, that whole barbarian mindset sort of thing. Um, Why is that authentic self kind of like frowned upon nowadays? I don't really get it. Have you noticed this? If you are authentic and not apologetic for most things that people are like. It's woke culture. Don't kind you know? Of, Come on, CJ. You got to get woke. Oh my god! You know the, the funny it. part. Did you listen to that on the? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. But you, oh you know, god. it's one of those things. It's like, what is woke? Exactly. <laughs> and in my head, even when that was saying, it's like I am know, awake. I I got up this morning. On yeah, one hand, I understand what woke means. But on the other hand, there is no definition to it because yeah. it's not a solid. It's like, well, you need to be woke. Woke to no, no. Why don't you be authentic? Woke just yeah. sounds like the new sheep. Yeah, y'all got to be. Oh, no, it is. If you're not the same, then you're not. You're not woke. You're not yeah. part of our woke society, buddy. I well, it's like we we even hinted at this with Anthony when uh, he was on the podcast when we talked about. It's easier as a as a parent, right? It's it's easier to be angry, get angry at your kids than it is yourself. Right. I can't be wrong. My kid must be the problem, or you know, I'm not wrong. You guys are the ones that are fucking me up, or you know, you guys are the ones that are being stupid. It's far easier to do that because then, because that a that would mean me admitting that maybe my thinking wasn't right. Or maybe I'm a bad person or whatever the thing is, but there's something, the point is it would be admitting that there's something wrong with me and worse, having to do the work to fix that. When I can just criticize you, you have wrong thinking. You're not thinking the right way. That's your problem, not mine. You need to fix your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm the idiot, but I'm going to tell everyone else they're stupid. But you fix it by saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Boom. that's the uh, magic eraser that just poof, you're good. You're you haven't good. learned anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there is. So to my my point is, I think there's right. It's kind of scary or it's, it can be threatening to somebody who is uh, who is who just says what they think. Yeah, and, unapologetically and authentic. Yeah, and convicted by it because it's like, well, wait a minute, what? Like, wh- who are you to? And I mean, think about it. There are people today that can't, that have an issue deciding where to go to for lunch or what to eat for dinner. Like, if you can't answer that simple question with a, an, a genuine response other than oh, I don't know, whatever you want to do, right? <laughs> like. Even if it's even if like maybe you don't even go there, right? Like, oh, uh, let's go to McDonald's or let's get pizza. Uh, actually, how about we go get sushi? Sure, great. But at least you had a response. Let's go here. Let's do this. And I think you know there's some of that. But then the, you know again, I think on real topics, there there are people who what if they're wrong? Uh, and there's lots of other reasons that go into this that we could talk forever, but. I think it's more the bottom line to your answer your question, CJ. I think it's it's in a way it's threatening my identity, my beliefs, my whatever. And it's like I said, it's easier to think everyone else is wrong than to try and fix myself. 
and actually like admitting that you're wrong maybe every once in a while yeah well and i yeah yeah. (laughs) and which you know gets into a spot where there's safe spaces and stuff but i'll I'll have to tell you a story offline patreon.com slash barbarian (laughs) rhetoric since i haven't pimped that today all right so moving on last question uh if you could change your name to anything anything at all what would you change it to i want to i want just the first name and i'm just going to go with jack that's it just four letters i have such a long name and if i have to have a last name i want it like simple that everyone has so it'd be like jack smith i want i want single syllable I don't want nothing hard, and it'd be like Jack Smith, real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I was almost thinking going the opposite. I'd change my name to Richard Fitzwell, but then go around my going around to everybody, (laughs) introducing myself, Dick, Dick Fitzwell. I'm running for president. Can I count on your vote? Big dick energy. He's stealing some of it, CJ. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got, CJ? (laughs) Or did I just steal your thunder? (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, I wouldn't change my name, but I don't. I probably talked about this before about what I was always thought I wanted to name my son, William Robert Barnes, Billy Bob Barnes. (laughs) (laughs) A boy is either going to be really strong or he's going to be and beat the shit out of you. I mean, he'll be strong then, right? <laughs> yep. He's going to be strong no matter what. It might take that's kind of my That's kind of my whole thought. Like, it's better than going to be really rough, awesome. Or it's going to be, be a really rough life. For him. Yeah. You're going to come out the other side. Wow. You're going to be just fine. And you're going to be a little bit tougher because of it. You're welcome, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a goofy one for you. And Jimmy, you may may have heard of this. Uh, I know CJ's too young, but I was trying to think back and I didn't. But I was watching the show or whatever, and one of the male characters was named Ruth, which I automatically put to a female name. You know, I don't think it is male. But I had to look this up and do a little research. Back, like, turn of the century of, like, 1910 through, like, 1920, maybe into 30 or something, there was a lot of men named Ruth as a first name. Hmm. ever cross your path like a great i'm thinking like in terms of like what would be great uncles great grandfather something like that uh you know they they did a lot of goofy back things with names but yeah i was listening to a podcast that was talking um and the they were interviewing somebody who wrote a book uh called this i think it's the sixth presidents and it's talking about and it's focused solely on 19 the year 1920 okay tr was still alive fdr was just coming up um 
so Teddy Roosevelt was still alive. You had uh, who was in there? Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, and FDR. And I'm missing one, but anyway, it's anyway. They talk about there's somebody the the guy interviewing mentioned. He's like one of the coolest names is Bainbridge. I forget what his last name was, but he's like who names their kids shit like that anymore? It's like, and what do you call him? Like you can't, what's the abbreviate. It's not like James and you call him Jim. It's like your brain Bainbridge. Do you go by your middle name? Do we always call you? Is it Bain? Yeah. I was going to say the original Bane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's just interesting, but you know, there's certainly a time. And I know Johnny Cash wrote a song called going back to our earlier question, uh, boy named Sue. Right, I think it was Johnny Cash. Well, well, that's what I was okay. thinking. I was like, Ruth. The only name that I could come up with that was close is Rutherford. Mm. You know, that would be a guy. Oh, if you shorten it, it would be Ruth. So, Rutherford B. Hayes. Yeah. You know, depending on how you pronounced it, and then that was my other thought: is what if it was spelt Ruth R U T A, but it was pronounced differently. Like that good old German J. It sounds like a mm. Y. I actually had two teachers in high school. Both their names were spelt the same, but one was Yonke and the other was Janky. One used the English version, one used the German version. So I didn't know if there was like, you know, is Ruth, well, or um, what is it? Sasha. Sasha is a, a guy's name. In Russian, uh, short oh, for yeah, Alexander. Yeah. Yep. Or Pavel is Paul. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I forget, it's something on how you spell it. It's, yeah. it's pronounced the same, but it's ones with an A is the female version, and then the male versions is a different, but it's Sasha. And I was like, oh. oh who knows with that Cyrillic alphabet? Exactly. Whatever. All kinds of goofy stuff. Might as well be Mandarin Chinese at that point. <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool and all, but like, it's like whatever, whatever. Uh, cool. That's all I had for this one. So, all right. Well, I hope people had a few chuckles along the way with this. And as always, great to talk to you guys. Always, man. Feels like it's went been way too long. <laughs> Just because someone was busy. Uh huh. We'll hear about that. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's giving you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast on our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm slash barbarian rhetoric. If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. 
This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at SteelJans. That's S-T-E-E-L-J-A-N-Z. And I'm also on Instagram at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening, and always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An apex predator. Barbarian to a civilized world.